Welcome to Brit David Podcast, as Pastor Tim finishes the series from Luke chapter 11, verse 4, entitled, The Protection of Prayer. As Luke quotes Jesus in his model prayer, he concludes the prayer with the statement, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This may be the easiest part of this prayer for us to offer and for God to answer, because there is not even the tiniest chance that God will lead us into temptation. We get there, but not by Him. Rather, He protects us. Here's Pastor Tim. Thank you, Kathy, very much. Uh, we have been working through the Lord's Prayer in Luke chapter number 11 as we've worked our way through uh, the Gospel of Luke. If you recall, there um, before October got here on us and we were all about Ark in the Park and having worship nights, uh, we decided to kind of go back into the Lord's Prayer and dig into that just a little bit deeper. Tonight we're going to finish the Lord's Prayer, but we're not through with this particular series on prayer. There are two parables that Jesus uses as he follows up with the Lord's Prayer, and we're going to take time to look at those over these next couple of weeks um, as well. But for tonight, we're in Luke chapter number 11, in the second half of verse number 4. Sometimes we call it the Lord's Prayer. I think probably it should be called the model prayer. Jesus has given us a model that we can follow. And that model flows from the very beginning of that prayer all the way to the end. As I recognize the person that I'm talking to, our Father who is in heaven. I'm not simply uh, praying to the wind, I'm not praying to the universe, I, I'm not just wishful thinking, I am talking to my heavenly Father when I pray. When I get a sense of His presence, that I'm there talking with my Father, I can't help but then be overwhelmed by who He is by His attributes that He holds. When I think about how loving He is, how gracious He is, how merciful He is, how awesome that He is. You know, if there's one word that we use probably too much that should be reserved for God and for God alone, it's the word awesome. He is awesome. What does that make me do then? It makes me praise Him. And so this very first request that we see is our Father in heaven Hallowed be your name. And it's not, it's not a statement like your name is hallowed. What he's saying is in request, God, help me to hallow your name. Let me treat your name as holy. Let me treat your name as if it is special. And not simply yet another word. When I'm consumed with his person and with his presence... I'm praising Him for who He is. I find very quickly that I have to yield myself, my agenda, my preferences, my wants, and yield those things to Him. He is my Lord as well as simply my Father. And so we turn to Him and say, Your kingdom come. Not mine. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Not mine. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When I am consumed with His presence, 
I begin to offer Him praise. I yield myself then to what His purposes are in prayer. Then I'm ready to turn my attention to provisions. Or asking God for things. Maybe asking Him for, uh, for those things that I need. Or maybe the things that somebody else needs. As I'm praying not just for myself, but sometimes I'm praying for others. And we pray specifically and ask Him, give us day by day our daily bread. We see that He answers us and provides for all of our needs according to His riches and glory. When I think then I've, I've turned to Him then as the, as the one that can provide for me for my physical needs like daily bread. Now I'm also assured that He can tend to my spiritual needs as well. And so as I begin to think about my own spiritual needs, I go just as deeply as I can and I ask Him, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. I learned that He has canceled my debt. I don't, have to, I don't have to do anything to earn His forgiveness. I can't do anything to earn His forgiveness. He does that out of who He is. And so I don't have any right then to say, Father, forgive me of all of my sins, but I'm going to put the thumb down on somebody else. Instead, He says, I have to forgive Everyone, the people I love and the people I don't love, the people I like and the people I don't like, the people I know and people I don't even know. He says to forgive everyone that's indebted to you. And that leads me to this also, a spiritual need, but recognizing that there is an enemy about this prayer from the very beginning An enemy that we have that does not want us to even acknowledge our Father in heaven. It's an enemy who seeks out our destruction. And so I'm asking God for protection. It's the protection of prayer that we look at tonight. A a prayer of deliverance. This this idea at the end of verse number 4. Do not lead us into temptation. But deliver us from the evil one is the kind of trust that a child has for his father to seek out protection from him from the evil world that he lives in. There are a couple of things that I want to mention to you about this verse tonight. And I want us to spend some time in prayer as we close tonight. Number one, I want you to know that we need God's protection Because we will be tempted. We will be tempted. So we need God's protection. We live in a fallen world. Sin is everywhere. You can expect sin and temptation to be with you as long as you live. You have a natural bent in your flesh away from God and towards the things that are sinful. Your heart and your flesh all by itself is always wanting to go that way. Which means then, when you hear somebody say, just just follow your heart, that's a terrible idea. The Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. 
Why? Because it's a part of my flesh. My flesh always wants to lead me away. And I don't want to go away. He always, uh, always there will be a carrot dangling right there in front of us trying to lead us away from the Lord. We call it temptation. You're always going to have temptation. But I want you to know that you can resist that. You may want to hold your place here in Luke chapter number 11. I want to take you to what was a life-changing chapter for me, James chapter number 1. If you want to go to James chapter 1, there are a few verses here that I want to share with you tonight as we look at this idea of being tempted. You are going to be tempted for sure. If you're there in James chapter number 1, look if you will down to verse number 12. And notice how it begins. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. What I want that to say is, blessed is the man who has no temptation. But what you recognize from our verse, or from the part of our verse in the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer, is that He says, deliver us from temptation. Right? He says, do not lead us into temptation. He doesn't say, take temptation away from me. Why why not pray that way? Why not pray and say, God, please take temptation away from me? I mean, just, it just seems like life would be a whole lot easier if he just took the temptation away. One of the reasons why he doesn't do that is because you're not a robot. Just like he gave Adam and Eve the free will choice in the garden about whether they would eat of that fruit or not. He gives you the same choice concerning your temptations. Why? He creates Adam and Eve that they might love Him and that they might glorify Him. What kind of love is a love that is forced? What kind of love or what kind of glory is a glory that is forced? He wants you to love Him. He wants you to give glory to Him. And in so doing, He gives you the choice about whether you will or whether you won't. You are responsible then for that choice. What's another reason? There is another reason why God doesn't take the temptation away. Because temptation is simply a branch of sin. The sin and the fallen world that we live in will always have temptation. That's why Jesus said that it rains on the just and the unjust. Things that are going to happen to any person on the world can still happen to you. Just because you're a believer doesn't isolate you from temptation. In fact, I think that your temptation is greater because you are a believer. We're going to face temptation. Blessed is the man, the woman, the young man, the young lady, the boy, the girl, who endures that temptation, who goes through that temptation, and who succeeds. So the prayer becomes, Lord, do not lead us into temptation. 
One of the reasons why the prayer is stated the way that it is is because you need him to lead you out of temptation, not to lead you into temptation. We need his help to get through it. So where then does that temptation come from? That's why I want you to stay here in James chapter 1 with me for a moment. There are three specific sources of temptation. Or, well, really, there's two. There are three things I want to tell you. One's a negative. Here's a not for you. All right? You will not be tempted by your Savior. You will not. You will not. Sometimes you may say, well, the Lord's just tempting me. No, He's not. He is not. Some people have suggested that the model prayer, because he says, do not lead us into temptation, suggests that maybe he does lead us into temptation. And we're just asking him not to do it this time. That couldn't be further from the truth. And it couldn't be, it couldn't be better stated, more clearly stated, than what you find here in James chapter number 1. Alright, you were in verse number 12. Look at the next verse. Look at verse number 13. He says, let no one, that includes you, let no one say when he is tempted. So you still are going to be tempted, right? The temptation's still going to be there. You still are going to have to endure, just like you said in the previous verse. It's going to be there. But when it comes, do not say, I am tempted by God. And this is why. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does He Himself tempt anyone. He never tempts you. He never lays the carrot out there in front of you to see if maybe you might fall. Sometimes people get an idea of God that He sits on the throne with a handful of lightning bolts and, and every time that you mess up, he's ready, to, he's ready there with a the lightning bolt and He's going to get you with it. As, as, if he's, as if He's cheering for your failure. It's not what you find in the Scriptures at all. You will find a test that comes from the Lord. He will test you, but the point of the test is that you pass. That you pass with flying colors. It's like, the, it's like the test that you get when the teacher lets you use your book. <laughs> you get to use the book. It's like the, it's like the test when you're given and the, and the teacher gives you the answers. You've already been given the answers. Everything that you need to defeat the temptation that you're following is right here in this book. He wants you to pass. The point of a temptation is that you fail. And so God's never going to tempt you in that same way. So you're not ever going to be tempted by your Savior. But let's get to some that you will. You will be tempted, or we will be tempted by our selves. Self will tempt you. Look in the very next verse. You're still in James chapter 1. So we learn in verse number 12, you're going to endure it. It's, it's coming. And when it comes, you can't say that it's from God because it's not. So where does it come from? Look in verse number 14. But each one... So let me stop there for a minute. So you all, <laughs> y'all in the 
James is from the south. You know, Jimmy is from the south. Y'all are going to be tempted. But you, you as an individual are tempted. It's not just that we're tempted collectively as a group. There are some things in life that just don't tempt me at all. You know, it's, it, is not, it is not hard for me to say no to some things. It's not a temptation. The carrot, I don't, I don't even want that carrot. But there's some other things that you might not struggle with, but that I struggle with. And those temptations are real. And our enemy knows what those temptations are. But you know who, where that temptation primarily comes from? It comes from me. That's why it's so personal. That's why, that's why it hits me right where I am more often than not because it comes from me. It is myself that tempts me. He says, but each one is tempted. When he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Your biggest temptation is going to come from you. The desires that you have already built up in your own life, they're going to come knocking. Sometimes when you least expect it. They're going to come knocking when you say, you know what, today is the day that I defeat this temptation. I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to do it. It's not going to be a part of my day whatsoever. And five seconds later, you say, oops. Right? It's like saying, I'm not going to think about it. And suddenly, I just, I just thought about it. And the temptation grabs so quickly. Self is the primary adversary in temptation. That's why I need God's protection. I need Him to deliver me. I need Him to deliver me from myself. More than from anything else. Join us tomorrow as Pastor Tim continues his message from Luke chapter 11 verse 4. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is church office at BritDavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Brit David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.